Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Happy New Year to every one of my listeners and subscribers. I really do appreciate it, guys. As we ring in the New Year 2021, which has already started, we welcome to the show Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma and we welcome the Whistler program to the show in the My Friend Irma episode it is called Gentlemen Prefer Blondes in this Irma and Jane are planning their New Year's Eve party and day for the end of the year as Jane is trying to get ready, Irma thinks that she can help Jane out. So with their boyfriend Al, they tell her that they can do her hair. Unfortunately, Jane does not want them to do her hair since she ha- they have ruined her favorite hairbrush. And her friend, Irma's friend and girlfriend, Amber Lipscott, is coming to do Jane's hair for her New Year's Eve date with Richard. And in the second episode from the Whistler CBS mystery show, it is called The Weakling. In this, a young man named Clyde Banning is a wealthy son of the DA District Attorney Banning. And Clyde has done some reckless driving and has had his driver's license revoked. So now he is forced to be driven around town by his chauffeur. And so Clyde has a difficult problem with his then uh, girlfriend who is wanting to marry Clyde. And Clyde does not want to marry her because of the scandal that it would cause his father to be re-elected SDA. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis and the CBS mystery show The Whistler and the title of that episode is called The Weakling. Stay tuned as I have a couple of New Year's Eve songs to play for y'all. Thanks and enjoy the show guys. Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap that gives you a wonderful new kind of suds, presents... Our friend, Swan, with my friend, Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgot. Theirs will still be hot. My friend, Irma. Well, this is the end of the year, and the end of the year is the time to take inventory. Now, let's see. 
My name, Jane Stacy. Assets, normal intelligence, a fair figure, passable appearance, and a $50 a week job. Liabilities, still single. <laughs> Item number two, name Irma Peterson. Assets, cute face, blonde hair, trim figure. Liabilities, one vacuum inside of her head. <laughs> Now, understand me, I love Irma Peterson. She's the sweetest kid I've ever met, but there are times when... Well, for instance, the other night we were preparing dinner, Irma was peeling onions, and the tears were streaming down her cheeks. So I said, honey... Uh, yes, Jane? Look, I, I read once that if you peel onions underwater, it won't affect your eyes. Why don't you try it? Oh, I can't, Jane. I just had my hair waved, and there's a hole in my bathing cap. <laughs> Well, now you know why I hope the new year will be different. In fact, we're just a few hours away from it. Irma and I are sitting in our little room discussing our New Year's Eve plans. Oh, Jane. Yeah? You know, as the year slips away, I realize more and more how lucky I am to have a fellow like Al. Lucky? With a man who hasn't worked in five years? Oh, it's not that. It's just that Al is so sweet. He never forgets me on holidays. He... Oh, he's so reliable. Why, his very name, Al... A-L stands for always loyal. <laughs> Frankly, I think it stands for avoid labor. <laughs> what time are you expecting that pause that depresses? <laughs> oh, Al will be here before midnight. He said he was going to get up early today. <laughs> we have great plans for tonight. Really? Where are you going? Nowhere. <laughs> Come again? We're sitting in. Uh, Al is bringing the refreshments, and, and as soon as we run out of one bottle, he's going to get another. You know you can get all the Cokes you want these days? <laughs> Why, that cheapskate. Jane, I don't think it's nice of you to say that. After all, he's coming here to see me. Richard hasn't even called yet. Well, I haven't called him. I mean, I mean, uh, well, I, 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 I don't want to go out. But at least he could have called you. Oh, well, I, it wouldn't faze me one bit, really, wouldn't I? I think only idiots go out on New Year's Eve. Well, Al, are in. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see why Richard Please, wouldn't... Irma, as far as Richard is concerned, really, I... I'd, uh, well, I have a headache. Oh, I'm sorry, Jane. Well, then you wouldn't have any fun if you did go out. No, no, I wouldn't think of it. New Year's Eve means absolutely nothing to me. Nothing at all. I, I'd, I'd much rather just... Hello? Uh, yes, Richard. Uh, no, Jane doesn't want to go out. She has a headache. Goodbye. Give me that phone! Oh, you hung up. Oh, Irma, how could you? But you had a headache. It went away. <laughs> Gee, sometimes a fellow's voice is so much better than an aspirin. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Richard. Oh, Richard, this is Jane. What? No, no I, I never felt better. Headache? No, 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 Irma has the headache. <laughs> yeah, she, she got kind of confused, you know... You take me where? Oh, that'd be wonderful. Well, I know it's short notice, but I have practically nothing to do to get ready, and I'll be waiting. Okay, Richard. Bye. Oh, Irma, Richard's taking me out. But you said you didn't want to go. Well, uh, uh, what could I do? Didn't you see how long he begged me? <laughs> but he hardly spoke to you. Well, he begs very fast. <laughs> oh, and look at the time, and I looked like a mess. Yes, your hair needs doing. Oh, it sure does, and I haven't got a thing to wear. Well, Richard will understand. No, Irma, no. This is 1948. It's leap year, and I've made up my mind I'm not going to let Richard forget it for one minute. 
I'm going to see to it that my looks leap at him and my, my clothes leap at him, my personality leaps at him. Oh, where will I begin? A dress. Yes, that's it, a dress, a dress. Let me think now. Oh, Irma, do you, do you think you could lower the hemline on my black dress? Well, sure, Jane, I'd do my own. Oh, good, sweetie. Now my hair. Oh, where could I find a beauty parlor open on New Year's Eve? It's just hopeless. Well, well Jane, I could do your hair. Do you think you could? Certainly I'd do my own, and you know all my friends say that I have a head that is very unusual. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I have no choice. Come in. Only me, Professor Kropotsky. Oh. <laughs> Happy New Year, girls. And may the years to come find you as sweet and pretty as the two of you are. Thank you, Professor. And may the years make you pretty, too. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right, Irma. Seriously, Professor Irma, and I hope that the New Year brings you health and prosperity and, and a more decent room to live in. <coughs> Thank you, girls, but let's not talk about my room. I already made a resolution. No more complaining to Mrs. O'Reilly. No more saying the room looks like a stable. No more will I nail a sign on my door, condemned. <laughs> 1948 is going to be different. Well, what about paying the rent? How many resolutions can a man make? <laughs> oh, my goodness, look at the time. P Professor, I, I don't want to seem rude or anything, but Richard's taking me out, and I've got to wash my hair. Irma, will you get started on that dress? All right, Jane, leave it to me. So Richard is taking her out. That's nice. Irma, where is Al taking you? We're staying home, and I'm glad. Why? Well, you know how crowded nightclubs are. They make you sit in a corner, and next thing you know, someone puts one of those silly pointed hats on your head and always makes me feel I'm back in school again. <laughs> and I'm too grown up for that. I know what you mean. Uh, how tall are you, Professor? Yeah, five feet five. Why? Well, Jane wants me to let the hem down on this dress, and I want to get it even all around. Would, would you mind putting it on? <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, but if it'll help you, all right. Oh, that's well. Here, now, let's slip it on. All right. Mm. Uh, pull your stomach uh, in, Professor. No use. Comes out in back. <laughs> uh, just inhale. Uh, there, now. Now it's on. <laughs> What's so funny? You look cute. <laughs> I said, how do you like that? The old professor is a classy dresser. <laughs> now, let me see. Uh, two inches, two and a half. You know, Irma, now that I got the dress on, I just remembered my poor old mother always wanted a girl. <laughs> Gee, if she could just see you now. Well, she'd be a little frightened, the daughter with the beard. <laughs> how is coming out, then? Oh, fine, professor. Come in. Hiya, chicken. And you too, madam. Don't be a wise guy. <laughs> oh, it's you, Professor. Care to dance? You come one step near me and believe oh, me, I'm Oh, please, Al, honey, don't tease the Professor. He's being very kind. I'm fixing this dress for Jane. Huh? How does it look? Uh, dress don't look bad, but the model needs a veil. <laughs> Emma, will you finish already? Well, in a, in a minute, Professor, I'm pinning it up. Yeah. Let me take this minute to say Happy New Year to the two of you. Here, chicken, here's a big kiss. Oh, well, I, I want the kiss, but it isn't midnight yet. Don't worry, chicken. I always carry a spare. <laughs> there. Now you, Professor. Al! Oh, sorry, Professor. The dress threw me. We'll just shake hands. Happy New Year, Professor. Same to you, Al. Now, Emma, please. All right, it's pinned. Now, now let's take it off. Gladly. 
Now, if you excuse me, I got to take my hat and coat and run. What's your hurry? It's midnight. Uh, Miss O'Reilly gets a little mellow at midnight, and she wants to give me a kiss, and I can't think of a worse way to start the new year. Goodbye. Yes, Jane. Are you coming with the dress, honey? Oh, fine, Jane. Uh, Al's here. Oh, happy New Year, Al. Happy New Year, Jane. My hair's almost dry. I'll be out soon. All right, Jane. Uh, I'll set it when you're ready. You doing Jane's hair, chicken? Yes, there was no time to get to a beauty parlor, and Richard is taking her out. Jane wants to look her best so she'll make a hit with him. Chicken, I just got an idea. Well, what is it, Al? It breaks my heart to see Jane and Richard break up. How do you know they'll break up? Oh, it's in the cards. The dame's got no glamour. What do you mean? Well, look, I'll explain it to you, honey. Remember that picture we saw with Gregory Peck? Who was he making love to? Uh, Lana Turner. That's right. A blonde. And that Wednesday night, who was Tyrone Power making love to? Why, Betty Grable. That's right. Another blonde. Oh, well, that's silly. Olivia de Havilland is a brunette. Well, why do you think she's always crying? <laughs> Did you ever see what happens to the men in her pictures? They either kill themselves or leave the country. Oh, you mean that expression, gentlemen prefer blondes, is really true? Well, chicken, you don't have to look any further. What are you? A blonde. And what am I? A gentleman. Who do I prefer? Me. That's what I say, gentlemen prefer blondes. <laughs> now, look, chicken, you want to see Jane married, don't you? Oh, sure. Worse than myself. Well, then you got to help her. Well, how, Al? Well, you're going to do her hair... Why don't you touch it up a little? Give it glamour. Bleach it. Oh, Al, I, I don't think she'd ever agree to that. She don't have to know. You just slip a couple of jiggers of ammonia in the solution. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I couldn't do that. She'd never forgive me. Don't be too sure. Some things have to be shown. Take my grandmother. Didn't believe in gambling. One night she's having coffee, and instead of lump sugar, somebody slips a pair of dice into her hand. The old girl's never been so happy. You know, for the past ten years, we haven't been able to get her out of Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, shh, Al, not so loud. Jane will hear you. Chicken, all I can say is that the girl's future is in your hands. But how do you know Jane would look good as a blonde? We experiment. Hand me that black hairbrush on the dresser. All right, Al. Here. Uh, now I'll go get the ammonia. Good. Yeah, see, they got a little lye around here. We'll mix the lye and the ammonia. <laughs> Must do the trick. Yes, sir. We're going to make this a year Jane will never forget. Well, here it is, Al. I, I put some in the pan. Good. Now I put a little lye in. Mix it up. Now, chicken, watch. The brush is the color of Jane's hair. I lay it in the pan. Now we give it a minute. Oh, Al, I'm worried. Don't be, chicken. Believe me, many a dame faced a dark future until they made their hair see the light. Uh-huh. Look at the brush. You Hold it. Something's wrong. All the hair fell out. Oh, Al, we couldn't do that to Jane. She'd catch cold. <laughs> Honey, have you got that dress off? What in the world's going on in here? Well, uh... What have the two of you done to my hairbrush? We'll gladly pay for it. Y you see, you uh, uh, want to give it as a Christmas present. Christmas present? Yeah, uh, got a friend, uh, a midget Indian. Want to give him a paddle. What are you two trying to do? Irma, why are you fooling around with the ammonia? Well, um, I'm lightheaded, and Al thought you... That's all I want to hear, Irma Peterson? How could you even think of a thing like that? Why, I wouldn't let you touch my hair now for all the New Year's dates in the world. Oh, now, take it easy, Jane. We well... were just experimenting. 
Give Irma another chance. Not on your life. I'll stay home before I do that. Oh, Jane, please. It would just make me miserable having you here with me. I mean... Uh... <laughs> well, just forget it, Irma. I'll just tell Richard that he called me too late. Oh, no, Jane. Uh, you can still get your hair done. On New Year's Eve? By whom? My girlfriend, Amber Lipscott. Her. Oh, please, Irma. Oh, I know you don't like her, but, but Amber is a licensed <coughs> beauty operator, and she'd be glad to come over and do it for you. But I can't stand her. She walks around in her bare feet. Well, what do you care, Jane? She only puts her hands in your hair. <laughs> I'll call it. Oh. I, I've got a feeling this is going to be worse. Irma? Uh, hello, Amber. Uh, this is Irma. Oh, Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, what are you doing, Amber? Throwing out your mistletoe? Well, better luck next year. <laughs> uh, Amber, would you please come over and do Jane's hair? She's got a date. What? Where does she buy her mistletoe? Oh, she'll tell you when you get here. Oh, please hurry, Amber. Her date will be here soon. Goodbye. <laughs> She's coming right over, Jane, and I hope you're not mad at me anymore. No, no, that's all right, honey. It's just that I'm so excited, you know. Well, I guess I'll take a fast shower while I'm waiting for Amber. Excuse me, will you? Sure, Jane. Chicken, uh, this uh, Amber Lipscott, does she know her stuff? Well, Al, you've seen her. Yeah, what about her? Well, she's a wonderful beautician. She even works on herself. She does. Huh? You know, I think before this evening is over, we'll go back to ammonia. And now Susie Swan sings to us. Listen. My advice, says Susie, you like this brand new kind of lather, so be choosy. Swan gives you beauty lather, rich as cream. Your skin stays soft as any dream. And fresh as dew, I swan to you, says Susie. Well, I know you ladies agree with Susie Swan that the soap for your baths is something to be choosy about. Yes, that's why so many lovely women choose swan soap. Because white floating swan gives you a wonderful new kind of beauty lather. A new kind of beauty lather to make your baths delightful always. You see, Swan's new kind of beauty lather is extra rich, extra creamy. So when you smooth it on, you can fairly feel how gently Swan cleanses your skin. And when you step from the tub, you'll see by the glow of your skin how thoroughly Swan's beauty lather cleanses too. And you'll notice still another beauty gift from Swan. That's the way Swan leaves your skin after your bath. Satin smooth and fresh, not all dry and over-soaked, because Swan rinses away so completely. So next time, let Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather give you a really delightful beauty bath. Well, I'm in the shower, but believe me, I'm not singing. Why not? Because it's 9 o'clock, which it'll be here any minute, and I look like a savage. Amber hasn't arrived yet to do my hair, and I still don't know what sort of a job Irma's done on my dress, and the minutes keep rushing past like mad. Oh, what a girl will go through for a little thing like landing a husband. Irma? Uh, yes, Jane? Sweetie, will you iron that hem that you fixed? I already have. Come in. Oh, hello, Amber. Hello, dearie. Oh, it's so sweet of you to come over and do Jane's hair on New Year's Eve. Listen, dearie, it's just a favor to you. For your roommate, I wouldn't lift a finger. Burns me up that girls like her get all the dates. Oh, I have a date, too. Uh, where? 
Under the newspapers on the sofa. Uh, Al, get up. Huh? Oh, it's you, Amber. Thought I had a nightmare. Hello, Al. What's new with the man on the street? Not much. Hopping's at Stillman's gym. Oh, Emma, he's a card. Why don't you ask for a new deal? Colonel, for goodness sakes, honey, it's getting late. Is Amber here yet? Uh, she just got here. Oh, I'll be right out. Say, Emma, is your roommate one of them talky types? You know, the kind that bends your ear when you wake on them? Well, I don't think so. I hope not. Because when they talk, I have to answer them. And I keep the bobby pins in my mouth. And you don't know how many times I'm almost choked to death. I prefer the silent type like myself. People who never open their mouths unless they have something to say. Now, let me see. My curlers, my combs, rinse. Oh, no, I forgot the hair lacquer. Say, Al, would you run out and buy me some hair lacquer? You mean it's my turn to talk? <laughs> oh, Al, please. Okay, chicken. Uh, where do I get it? Uh, the drugstore has everything. And while you're there, get some Tootsie Rolls. I always use them when I run out of curlers. Be right back. Now, let's see. I think I'll have a sit here. Emma, get a towel. No, no, it's all right. I have one with me. Hello, Amber. Gee, you'll never know how much I appreciate this. I'd do anything for Emma. Uh, Just sit down, Jerry. Okay. Now, what style do you like? Well, I, I generally wear it in a side sweep. You're crazy. But I like it. Oh, well, I guess when a person gets to be 30, they want to look sophisticated. <laughs> I'm 23. You kidding? Now, just a minute. Uh, uh, just a minute. Keep your head still, dearie. You ain't bobbing for apples. <laughs> Say, when did you tint your hair last? That's the natural color. Uh, go on, lie to yourself if it'll make you happy. <laughs> Amber, make Jane extra pretty tonight. Uh, she's going with her special boyfriend. You know, as the French say... Her patty de foie gras? <laughs> Just leave it to me. Now, what shall we talk about, girls? What's the difference what we start with? <laughs> we always come back to men. <laughs> Personally, I despise them. Now, don't get me wrong. Men have been very nice to me. I don't know where I could have spent my money and had a better time. <laughs> Amber, the, the wave set's kind of running into my ears. Oh, well, don't worry, dearie. I'm not charging you extra. <laughs> Believe me, girls, this would be a better world without men. Oh, Amber, you're just bitter. Look at my Al. I don't know any girl who could take the place of him. You'll find out differently. <laughs> Believe me, dearie, when I hear what goes on, I don't ever want to get married. Have you ever been asked? That's beside the point. <laughs> well, Amber, you never know. One day you've got nothing. The next day you've found one some, someone like Al. That's really making time stand still. Uh, don't mind Jane, Amber. She doesn't think much of Al. But I know him better. I can count on him in rain, sleet, slush, and snow. So why do you need a fella? You can get the same results with a four-way cold tablet. <laughs> no, girls, it's not my nature to chase men. I got three phones, and I send out blotters. I figure that's enough. <laughs> Have you tried skywriting? <laughs> oh, that's a good one Emma, hand me the bobby pin Amber, listen, will you please hurry? It's almost ten, I haven't even tried my dress on Don't worry, don't worry, dearie, you look gorgeous uh, Say, Jane, while we're waiting for Al and the hair lacquer uh, Excuse uh, me just a minute, uh, come in It's me again Janie, your hair looks positively beautiful Thank you Yes, my girlfriend Amber did it for uh, Professor, you've met Amber Oh, yes, uh, are you doing anything this evening, Professor? No. 
Well, uh, Amber isn't doing anything, are you, Amber? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Happy New Year, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> I, think he... I think he likes you, Amber, because every time he looks at you, he closes his eyes. Come in. Well, got the lacquer. Oh, swell out. Will you pour a little in a pan? Uh, there's one in the kitchen, honey. Right, chicken. See, girls, isn't he wonderful? I admit he isn't handsome, and he's kind of short, and he has no job or any money, but I love what's left of him. <laughs> I'd like to see the pot that got away. <laughs> Al, will you hurry up with that hair lacquer? I ought to be dressed by now. Coming up. Here you are, girls. Oh, Jane, your hair looks terrific. Thanks. Just wait till I get this lacquer on. It'll keep in place. Now, hold still, dearie, while I pour, pour some on. I'll loosen the ends just before you're ready to go. Oh, swell. Amber, you know it looks beautiful. I'd like to pay you a little extra for coming here and working on New Year's Eve. Oh, I wouldn't take money from any friend of Amos, dearie. Because if you want to, if any girls at the party say it's pretty, you can tell them I'm available for appointments. Oh, I certainly will. Yeah, and if any fellas say it's pretty, you can tell them I'm available. <laughs> now, be careful, dearie. Don't mess the lacquer putting your dress on. No, I won't, Amber, I won't. Irma, hand me the dress, will you? I'll just get in back of this screen. I want you all to know how grateful I am for what you've done. You, Amber, for doing my hair, and Irma for fixing my dress, and Al for getting the lacquer. I'm just the luckiest girl that... Irma. What's the matter, Jane? This dress. What did you do? I lowered the hem. But Irma, white thread on a black dress? <laughs> well, Jane, we don't have any black thread, and... Uh, you're in such a hurry, and I figured you could match it by wearing white gloves. Oh. <laughs> oh, Irma, why didn't you tell me I can't wear this? I'll have to wear the white one. Do you want me to lower the hem? No, we're all out of black thread. <laughs> well, anyway, thank goodness my hair looks pretty good. Amber. Amber. What's eating you now, dearie? My hair. I can't move it. It's hard as a rock. Ah, that's ridiculous. Let me run a comb through it. Yeah. Uh, hand me another comb, Irma. This one won't budge. No. Oh, ow. Oh, oh careful, you... Amber. My, my head, you, you'll pull it off. I mean, you... I can't understand this. Al, what did you buy? Hair lacquer. Are you sure? Look at the can. Jane, I'm an intelligent guy. When I go to the store, I... Holy mackerel. What's the matter, Al? I asked the dame for hair lacquer. She gave me chair lacquer. <laughs> chair lacquer? Oh, well, now what can I do? Amber, how can you get it off? Dearie, I'm a beautician, not a carpenter. <laughs> There's got to be some way to soften it. Oh, I'll go out of my mind. If I ever put my head on Richard's shoulder, he'd cave in. <laughs> oh, Al. Oh, now, take it easy, Jane. We were just trying to help oh, you. Oh, trying to help me. Just look at me. A black dress with white thread and a head full of broken combs. <laughs> Why don't I learn? Why don't I ever learn the minute you two say you'll help me? I'm just a dead pigeon. Richard will be here any minute and I can't go. I can't go. Oh, don't cry, Jane. Well, what do you want me to do? Sing old Lang Syne? <laughs> My first New Year's party with Richard and I can't go. Oh, Irma. <gasps> hello? Uh, hello, Irma. Is Jane there? Yes, but I, I don't know whether she wants to talk now. 
She seems a little heavy-hearted in the head. <laughs> Give me the phone. Hello, Richard. Richard, I don't think I'll be Look, able... Look, Jane, I don't know what you're going to say. I'm on my way to pick you up, and I haven't got the nerve to face you, so I called. Jane, I've made a terrible mistake. You're not the only one. What is it, Richard? Well, now, now, please don't be angry. I know this is a fine time to tell you, but the party I'm taking you to is a masquerade. A masquerade? Now, now don't be angry, Jane. Look, do you think you can get something unusual in a hurry? <laughs> unusual? Come right over, Richard. Even I don't know what I'm supposed to be. <laughs> oh, kids, I'm going. I I'm going. Everything's all right. It's a masquerade. Hooray! Happy New Year! Yeah. Oh, Happy New Year, honey. You see, Jane, when Amber and Al and I get together, everything turns out right. The three of us are a perfect couple. Well, the other night, Irma had a cake of swan soap in her hand, and she kept staring at it and saying, My name is Swan. My name is Swan. Then she'd listen for a minute, and then she'd start all over again. My name is Swan. My name is Swan. Well, I had to know. So I said, why, Irma? And Irma said, well, if a parrot can talk, I don't see why the swan can't learn, too. <laughs> well, Irma, even if that cake of swan could talk, it would probably tell you what you already know. That white floating swan soap gives you a wonderful new kind of beauty lather. A new kind of beauty lather that's perfect for your bath. Sure, it's perfect the way Swan's new kind of beauty lather cleanses. So thoroughly, your skin fairly glows. And it's perfect, too, how gentle Swan's new kind of lather is. Well, even the most delicate complexions are left soft and smooth. Now, naturally, because Swan is mild as fine castiles. And, ladies, how perfect you feel after a Swan bath. Radiant, relaxed. And your skin doesn't have that feeling of over-soaked dryness. No, not a bit, because Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather rinses away so completely. So, for your bath, use Swan soap. You'll love Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather. costume and I went to the masquerade party with Richard and I had the New Year's Eve of all time. New Year's Day I spent in the tub getting the lacquer out of my hair. Now it's just the same as ever. Irma, however, has been pestering me all day with questions about the party. Jane, you didn't tell me what you went as. Well, how could I tell her that with my head as hard as a rock, naturally, I went as my friend Irma. <laughs> My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Frank Bingman speaking. For a gala New Year's cake that'll do you proud, rely on Spry, sensational Spry with Cake Improver. Made the Spry one bowl way, your favorite cake is sure to be lighter, finer, better tasting. Certainly, because Spry is the pure, creamy, all-vegetable shortening with the wonderful cake-making secret that ensures luscious cakes mixed in one-third the usual time. If you like cake and compliments, Spry is for you, because no other type of shortening has Spry's amazing cake improver. That's S-P-R-Y, Spry. 
Tune in again to my friend Irma next Monday evening at this same time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Wait a minute. Have you heard the strange tales of the Whistler? be the district attorney, but if my son is guilty, he can pay the penalty like anyone else. I'll prosecute him. Then, Blake, I'll start on you. Sunday night, and again, CBS presents The Whistler. I, The Whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. And so I tell you tonight the unusual story of the weakling. Young Clyde Banning, son of District Attorney Banning, steps out of a nightclub following a gay New Year's Eve party. An expensive limousine pulls up to the curb and Clyde gets in. Clyde has done some careless driving lately, had his driver's license revoked, and is now forced to be driven about by Rawlins, the family chauffeur. Where to now, Mr. Benning? Let's go home, Rolling. Not yet, Clyde. Hey, look. What are you doing in here? I thought you were still in the club. I didn't think you even knew I was there. Well, I saw you a couple of times. Why have you been avoiding me, Clyde? You know how it hurts me. What's happened? Take Miss Blake home, Rollins. No, I won't go home. I won't be brushed off like this without an explanation. You know how much I love you, Clyde, and I, I can't go on like this any longer. Please, this is no time to make a scene. Clyde, you know you love me. Let's get married right now, tonight. Please, let's not talk about it now. I will talk about it now. Rollins, pull up, please. I won't get out, Clyde. I won't. I'll drive, Rollins. You can take a cab home. You'll drive, but listen Go on, here. Rollins. I'll take Miss Blake home. Don't take me home, Clyde. I I've got to talk to you. Please, drive down to the Ocean Highway. All right. All right, but cut out the melodrama. you changed so, Clyde. Why can't we get married? You know as well as I. My father is district attorney and he's out to crack that graft situation wide open. He knows who the big boss of the racket is and he's going to get his scalp. Send him to the pen. But what's that to do with us? You know that Jim Blake is the big boss. Your own father. But we have our own lives to live. If I married you, Dad would throw me out of my ear. What, if Dad, we could get along? How? Your father won't have a dime when this is over. Besides, Dad is up for re-election. How would it look? D.A.'s son marries convict's daughter. I... I thought you really loved me. Well, I've always liked you, Ellen, but it just won't work. It isn't fair to Dad. Then you don't want to marry me? I've told you how I feel about it. Oh, what a ridiculous fool I've been. Now, don't start that hysterical stuff I've again. hoped against hope that you weren't trying to get rid of me, but now I know. You're a low, spineless jellyfish. You didn't love me. You couldn't. Stop shouting. I won't stop. I wish everyone could hear me. You know what a despicable robber you Shut are. Shut up! Don't stop it, you little fool. Ellen! Good Lord! Ellen! 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 Oh, Lord. Her face. 
Ellen. Ellen, darling. Better get a doctor. Maybe she... No, shouldn't move her. Yes, that's it. Get help. Yes, Clyde. Better get help. There, just ahead, the low lights of a service station. Hurry, Clyde. Maybe she's still alive. What's the trouble, Clyde? You're slowing down. Well, they, they might think I did it. Think I pushed her out. She's dead. She must be. No one knows. Better drive on. You've passed it now, Clyde. You've really fixed things now. You should have stopped. Clyde's fear increases with every mile. He slips the car into the garage and hurries quietly to his room. But he doesn't sleep, not a wink. His head throbs, and with every thump of his heart, Ellen's words ring in his ears. District Attorney Banning sits at breakfast with his attractive wife, Marsha. Marsha is Clyde's stepmother. The district attorney scans his morning paper as Clyde, pale and worn, slips into his place at the table. Hmm. What do you think of that? What is it, Henry? Jim Blake's daughter was found dead on the Ocean Highway early this morning. Oh, they found her on the Ocean Highway? Oh, good morning, son. How have you been? Oh, I guess I overslept. Really? <laughs> Looks as though you hadn't slept at all. Have a big evening. Too much champagne? No, no. Gee, that's terrible about Blake's daughter. What happened to her? I think she was thrown out of a car. Probably some enemy of Blake's. I dare say he has plenty. Thrown out? Does it say that? Yes. Well, I'd better go down to the office. Well, maybe she jumped out. Not likely. Venture to say she was pushed out all right. Why don't you have some coffee, Clyde? Help that hangover. I haven't got a hangover. What in the name of heaven's wrong with you? Better take some aspirin, son, and go back to bed. Well, you're going to the office today? It's New Year's Day. Never go down there on a holiday. Going down for an hour or so. Will it upset your plans by any chance? I haven't got any plans. And what's bothering you? Something's wrong with you, Clyde. Nothing's wrong with me, and nothing's bothering Just me. a moment. Who are you shouting well, at? I'm not shouting at I think you'd better go on back to your room and go to bed. You're a bit too unpleasant to suit me. I'm sorry. Sorry, Marsha. That's all right, darling. I'll feel all right after a while, I... Because I did have too much champagne. Never seen Clyde like this. Well, you've only been around him a year, Marcia. He's a moody type, has spells, but he's a good boy. You'll learn all his little quirks in time. Well, I'll run along, darling. Be back in an hour or so. I beg your pardon, Mr. Clyde. Yes? What is it, Thompson? Rawlings, the chauffeur, would like to see you, sir. Oh, yeah? All right, send him in. He'd see you, Rawlings. What do you want, Rawlings? I'd like have a little talk with you, Klein. Well, yeah? What's on your mind? Uh, where did you go last night after you dismissed me? What business is that of yours? Well, I just thought I'd ask you. Got in around 2.30, didn't you, Klein? What of it? Thought maybe you knew what happened to Ellen Blake. Well, I took her home. What happened after that, I don't know. She kind of put the pressure on you, didn't she? What do you mean? I heard her. Heard every word you both said. She, uh, she said she was determined to get married. So what? 
Well, it wouldn't be so good for you if I was to tell about last night. No? No, you made a big mistake when you let me out of that car. If you let me drive her home, why, you might not be in this jam. Who said I was in a jam? I say so. What? What if you do tell what you know? That doesn't prove anything. Oh, I got better proof than that. What? Ellen Blake's handbag. I found it in the car this morning. Here it is. What? Her initials on it. Some personal effects inside. Oh, yeah? Now, I'm the only one who knows about all this. If I talk, you're certain to get a rope around your neck. I didn't kill her. She, she jumped out. Yeah? Can you prove that? No. If I tell about the argument and establish the time, you wouldn't have a chance. I didn't huh? kill her, I tell you. How'd you like trying convincing a jury on that? No. Well. But, you know, I don't have to say a word about it, Clyde. Why should you? It all depends on you. What do you want? Oh, I could use a little money. How much? Uh, two or three thousand dollars. Where would I get that much? You get a nice allowance every month. You're a dirty rat, Rawlins. I didn't like your looks when you came here three weeks ago. I thought you looked like a crook. I'll have you fired. I don't think you will. You can't afford to. Do I get the handbag? No. Not until you pay off in full. Suppose I tell you to go to the devil. And you'll be in jail within an hour. I mean business. Okay. Okay, I'll pay as much as I can each month. I don't want to wait too long. I'll try to get it as soon as possible. I want that handbag. You'll get it, kid. When I get the 3000 Good afternoon, madame. What do you mean, coming into my room without knocking? And how is madame today? What do you want? I want to wish you a happy new year. Well, of all the nerve... You get out of here. Now, 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 don't get excited. I thought you might like to talk to me. What do you mean? Well, I've got a little information that uh, might be of interest to you. Information? What are you talking about? I'm talking about Clyde. What about him? Well, I was just wondering what would happen if your husband had to prosecute his own son for the uh, murder of the daughter of the man he's out to break. Are you crazy? What do you mean? Clyde murdered Ellen Blake. Throw her out of the car. What? How do you know that? She was in love with Clyde. He was trying to shake her. I drove them away from a nightclub last evening. They had a very serious argument. And then he let me out and drove the car himself. That doesn't mean anything. Ellen Blake was killed about 1 a.m. Clyde came in about 2. Good heavens. This morning I found this handbag in the car. It's Ellen Blake's. If I were to tell what I know about it and produce his handbag, Clyde would have a rope placed around his neck by his own father. I doubt very much that the DA would ever be reelected. How could Clyde do such a thing? I mean, he lost his head. She was pretty insistent. But you don't have to say anything about this. Oh, I, I wouldn't have to. If this came out, Henry would be ruined. That's just what I mean. Now, you wouldn't want that to happen, would you? No. And it's all up to you. Up to me? Yes, if I cover up a murder, it might affect my conscience. I might worry a lot. But uh, my conscience might be sad. What do you want? Well, it ought to be worth about $3,000. Three? Why, that's ridiculous. I have no such amount. Then get it. How could I explain what I wanted with $3,000? That's your worry, not mine, baby. Do you know what they can do to you for blackmail? No, no, this isn't blackmail, honey. No, I'm not threatening to divorce someone's past. It's bigger than that. 
As a matter of fact, you're going to bribe me to withhold a piece of important evidence. So you see, I hold the aces. Get out of here. Get out. <laughs> okay. But I know somebody who has a lot of dough, and I'd just as soon turn the information over to Blake as anyone else. I just want to give you a break. How about this diamond bracelet? Oh. Yeah, that'll help. But it'll be hard to get rid of. I'd, I'd rather have cash. All right, I'll give you these diamonds, and you can hold them until I get the cash. Fair enough. Hand them over. You know, I thought I'd, well, that you'd see things in the right way. Goodbye, honey. Get out of here. You <laughs> rotten thief. Oh, listen to her. <laughs> As the days pass, Clyde and Marsha are both turning over every cent they can get hold of to Rollins. But the going is difficult, and Rollins becomes more insistent. And one day, Clyde gets a message to visit the big boss, Jim Blake, Ellen's father. I... I was told you wanted to see me, Mr. Blake. Yeah. Sit down, kid. Thank you. Everything working out all right? What do you mean? You look a little worried, kid. I thought maybe something was disturbing your sleep. Oh, well, I've been having headaches. I think it's my eyes. Been seeing things, have you? In the dark? No, I haven't been seeing things. I don't know what you're getting at, but nothing's bothering me. Just when was it that you started meeting my daughter, Ellen? I don't know what you mean. Ah, quit playing dumb. I found out about it today. Who told you such a thing? Does your father know about you and Ellen? I'll bet not. Now, look here. If you think you can stop father in this investigation by trying to frame something on me, you're crazy. You can't get away with it. I'll spill the whole thing. Oh, you will? Yes, I will. You're a crook. When my father gets through with you, you'll be behind the bars for the rest of your life. When I'm put behind bars, kids, you'll be dangling from the end of a rope. What? What are you trying to accuse me of? The murder of my daughter. Murder? I didn't kill her. Can you prove that? There's no proof that I did. I've got a witness, kid, and he's ready to talk when I say the word. Witness? That's ridiculous. Why should I want to kill Ellen? Because she was in love with you, and you wanted to shake her because you were afraid your father would kick if you married her. Your father's out to get me, and I'm determined to beat him to the draw. I didn't kill her, I tell you. Ellen left that nightclub with your car, New Year's Eve. You had an argument. She wanted to get married. When she got too insistent, you dismissed the chauffeur and drove the car yourself. And out on the ocean highway, you threw her out on the rocks. I didn't, I didn't. Did you stop? Did you look at her? Her face mangled to a pulp, her body broken to bits on those rocks? I didn't do it. I swear I didn't. I've got a witness to the argument and the time element. You, you can't scare me. I just talked to Rollins, your chauffeur. Knows what time you got in, and he found Ellen's purse in the car. I, I don't believe it. Where's the purse? Rollins has it. He'll produce it when you get to trial, and your own father will have to prosecute you. Oh, I'll enjoy that. Too bad about that purse, kid. If you'd found the purse and Rollins didn't know what he knows, you might have gotten away with it. But you're stuck now, stuck with Rollins and the purse, and your own father will have to tie the rope around your neck. Rollins is a liar. It'll hold in court. The jury will believe him. He's a dirty liar. I could kill him. Kill him? You you wouldn't do that. Well, he isn't fit to live. Well, you aren't either. But I'm going to give you a chance to keep out of the noose. I'll keep Rollins from talking if you get me a couple of letters. What letters? Your father has them. They have my signature on them. You can get them very easily. You get those papers, and I'll put the quietus on Rollins. They're addressed to the county supervisor. Your father intends to use them against me. I want him. Is that clear? Yeah. You get the papers, and we're both in the clear. Understand? Yeah, you understand. All right. I'll give you till tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. 
You can go now. Yeah. Remember, six o'clock tomorrow night. Saturday night passes. Then Sunday dawns with the most startling discovery. Rollins, the chauffeur, has been found dead. Shot to death in his apartment over the garage. No evidence is discovered, no weapon, no fingerprints, nothing. Now it is late afternoon. Oh, this is a fine mess. A murder in my own home. Everything will come out all right, Henry. You're certain to find the person who did it. Oh, yes, he, he may have had some enemies. After all, we know very little about him. He'd only been here a short while. Don't you understand? I'm the district attorney. Murder has been committed in my own home. Why, if I can't bring this to a solution, I'll be a laughing stock. I'll never be reelected. We're trying to help you, Henry. Oh, certainly. I don't know what I'm going to do, but this has got to be kept from the police department. Once they get into it, it'll be plastered all over the front pages of every newspaper in town. Yes. I'll, I'll have to handle this from my own office. Well... Neither one of us has been out of the house, and we haven't told anyone. What are you worried about? Surely a, a man like Rollins could have had many enemies. Who knows what he'd been mixed up in? Well, Captain Stone to see you, Mr. Batting. Captain Oh. Yes, I was afraid of that. All right. Show him in. Good afternoon, Mr. Banning. Oh, good afternoon, Captain Stone. Well, what are you doing out this way? We uh, heard about your chauffeur. Really? And who told you? Oh, friend. Body hasn't been moved, has it? No. No, Inspector Stone, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. Still in the room over the garage. Well, come on, Skelton, let's have a look. Are you, uh, you don't mind, do you, Mr. Banning? I... I know. No, of course not. Well, thank you. We'll be back in a moment. All right. You know, I've got a strange feeling that Jim Blake knows something about this. Blake? Why do you think that? I, I don't know. He's just the type to think of something like this. Yes, a perfect setup for him. A murder in my own home. Nothing would please him better. Why would Blake resort to anything like this? Why? Because my dear Blake is in a tough spot. Yes. The more I think about it, the more right I think I am. Well, I'm going to have a talk with him. I don't think Blake had anything to do with it. Really? What do you know about it? Well, nothing, Father. Then please allow me to handle this in my own way. Henry, why must you be so harsh? I'm sorry, Father. I think you should keep away from Blake. Why? I don't know. I just think you should. Yes. Well, when I want your opinion, son, I'll ask for it. Well, here you are, Mr. Banning. We found it. Found what? Found this revolver behind the garage. Well, no, I... no, don't touch it. We want to check for fingerprints. Oh, of course, I know better than to touch it. Yeah. Fingerprints? Maybe there are none on it. Well, we'll check it just the same. Well, the, the killer would be a fool to leave his prints on the gun. How do you know it is the gun? We'll find out. Ballistics will know. How will they know who the gun belongs to? Maybe it isn't the gun. We already know who killed him. All we need is proof. No. How do you know? Who did it? Your son did it. What? We were tipped off. My son. That's right. Are you crazy? Why should Clyde kill him? He hardly knew him. Look, Mr. Banning, you think I'd come to your house snooping around unless I had a very good reason? Where did you get your tip? Well, I... I'd rather not say. Who's his friend? Come on, you'd better tell me. I'll bring it out eventually. All I know is that we were tipped off about the murder and told who did it. 
Your son threatened to kill Rawlins. Who told you that? Jim Blake. He heard him say it. Where did you see Blake, Clyde? Oh, I don't know what they mean. Ask Jim Blake. Come on, Skelton. Let's check that gun with ballistics. A few hours later, boss Jim Blake stands in the study facing the district attorney. There is a tense moment as each waits for the other to speak. Well, Banning, what do you want? I know what you're trying to pull, Blake. You're trying to get at me by framing my son with a murder. I'm not trying to frame him. I just told the police that I heard Clyde threaten to kill Rawlings. So far, there's nothing but circumstantial evidence. Clyde had no reason to kill Rawlings. And without a motive, Clyde is in the clear. Yeah? If you had a scheme in mind to force me to drop that investigation, then your scheme went haywire. You pulled a boner. What do you mean, boner? If Clyde had threatened Rawlins' life, the natural thing for a man in your situation to have done was to approach me instead of the police. Why? Well, you wanted those letters, didn't you? How could you possibly make a deal for those letters now that you've made your information public? <laughs> I'm way ahead of you, Banning. I'm not so dumb as all that. I'm still holding the aces. What aces? The ones I'll throw down for the letters. I think you're bluffing, Blake. I know why Clyde killed Rawlins. I can supply the motive. I'll admit that without the motive, he'd be in the clear. But if I spilled the motive, he'd crack in five minutes. I still think you're bluffing. I know you've got a cinch case against me with those letters. But with what I know, I've got a cinch case against your son that will send him to the gallows. Not only that, but if I do spill it, you wouldn't dare show your face in this town again. <laughs> Sounds pretty gruesome. I can't imagine what it could possibly be. I'll say you can't. Clyde is really in it, up to his neck. You really think he's guilty? Certainly, but whether he is or not, he had the motive. And the motive for killing Rollins will lead to something that can be definitely proved. You mean material evidence? I do. So in order to prosecute me, you'll be forced to prosecute your own son. Hmm, I'll see to that. Now you hand over those letters and we'll all be in the clear. Believe me, Banning, I'm not bluffing. Blake, if you're telling the truth, then we're both in a very unfortunate position. You're a crook and I happen to be a stickler for duty. I can't be bribed. You mean you'd actually prosecute your own son? I do. And if he's guilty, he can take the consequences. I don't believe he is, but I know you are. I think you're crazy. And I still think you're bluffing. Try me. I'll call you a bluff. All right. But you'll change your mind, Banning. If you don't, you're a bigger fool than I've ever come across. Let's have it. Get your son in here. All right. Marsha, bring Clyde in here. Yes, Henry. What a sap you are, Banning. Over a couple of punk letters. Duty. Uh, Ladder bushwa. Do you want me, Father? Oh, you can come in too, Marsha. Yes, Henry. What are you doing here? Well, kid, I've been having a little chat with your righteous father. He sent for me. He's a little stupid. He wants to be enlightened. Maybe you can help him. Yeah? Clyde, I understand you paid a visit to Mr. Blake. Huh? Go on. Better tell him, Clyde. What were you doing there, Clyde? Well, I... Blake sent for me. Why? Well, he wanted to talk to me. What about? Well, uh, about... What's he been saying? I told him what you said to me. Said about what? About Rollins. Uh, what did I say about Rollins? What did you say, Clyde? Uh, Nothing. He's lying. Lying about what? We haven't said anything yet. He he tried to get me to steal something. Steal something? Now we're getting someplace. Wanted you to steal some letters out of my safe. Yes, yes. He, he offered me a lot of money. Money? <laughs> I didn't even mention money. I didn't have yes, to. Yes, he did. What inducement would money be to you, Clyde? You always get everything you want. I offered you something better than money, kid. What was it, Clyde? He threatened me. Threatened to kill me. <laughs> How do you like that? You're in a tough spot, kid. You better start talking. You threatened to kill Rollins. I did not. I heard you. Why did you make that threat? Well, I was just talking. I didn't mean it. I couldn't kill anybody. But you did say it. But I didn't mean it. What had you done? What did he know? 
Something prompted you to say it. Now, what was it? Nothing, nothing. I haven't done anything. You killed Rollins. You said you would. I didn't kill him. You killed him to shut his mouth. What did he know, Clyde? Blake's lying. He's not trying to scare me. I'll scare you. You killed Rollins to keep him from telling what he knew about you and my daughter, Ellen. What? Your daughter? She was in love with Clyde. Wanted him to marry her. He tried to shake her, but when she got too insistent, he threw her out of his car. Murdered her. I did not. I didn't. Rollins heard them arguing. Clyde dismissed him and drove the car himself. Rollins found Ellen's purse in the car next morning. Rollins told me. He's lying, lying. I told him Rollins wouldn't talk if Clyde got me the letters, but he killed Rollins instead. Was Ellen Blake in your car the night she died? Yes. Did you dismiss the chauffeur? Yes, but I didn't kill her. She jumped out. She jumped out deliberately. Why didn't you tell this? I was going to, but then I got afraid they'd think I killed her. Rollins tried to blackmail Clyde, then double-crossed Clyde and came to me. Where's the purse? Clyde probably has it. That's why he killed him. I haven't got it. I don't know where it is. I couldn't find it. And you were in Rollins' apartment over the garage. Yes, yes, but I didn't kill him. I didn't oh, kill Ellen. Oh, yeah. Now, what do you have to say, Mr. Banning? Do I hold the aces? No. I'll bring it to trial. I'll find that purse, if there is a purse. And if he's proven guilty, he can pay the penalty like anyone else. And then, Blake, I'll start on you. You're a fool, Banning. You're crazy. Come in. Well, here we are, Mr. Banning. Got quite a bit of dope on this Rawlins killing. What now? There were no fingerprints on that gun, but it was definitely the murder weapon. Ballistics checked it. Well, still doesn't prove my son fired the gun. Ah, that's right. But we did manage to trace the original ownership. And what did you learn? Well, here it is. Gun was purchased four years ago in Seattle. By whom? By Patricia Rawlins. Patricia Rawlins? Mm-hmm. Did you check on Patricia Rawlins? Who was she? Yeah, we checked on her. We also checked on Rawlins. Patricia Rollins was your chauffeur's wife. They both have a police record. Rollins was a confidence man, three convictions. Wife Patricia was implicated as an accomplice. Anything else? Yes, Rollins disappeared into Mexico three years ago, finally turned up here. Rollins must have had the gun in his possession. Or the wife had it, in which case she could have killed him. Quite possible. You'd better try to locate the wife. Oh, uh, here's a picture. We should be able to locate her without much trouble. What do you mean? Good Lord. Marsha. Yes, Henry? Look at this photo. Do you know who this is? Yes, Henry. Sorry, Mrs. Banning. We'll check your fingerprints with these on police record just to make sure. You don't need to check them. They're mine. Marsha, don't. Why not, Clyde? It doesn't prove anything. Maybe somebody got into the apartment and killed him with his own gun. That's just what happened. He did have the gun, but I killed him. Three years ago, he deserted me. Later, I heard he was dead. Then after I'd married Henry, he turned up here. I knew what he was going to do eventually. But I was in love with Henry. Then when he found the purse, he used it to blackmail me. And when he double-crossed both Clyde and me by going to Blake, we determined to get the purse. But he caught us ransacking his apartment. He pulled the gun and struck me. We all fought for it. Clyde wrestled with him, and I got the gun and shot him. Why did you tell, Marshal? Why? Why not? It doesn't matter now. Tell me, did she shoot in self-defense, Clyde? Certainly. He'd have killed us both. Well... That will clear you with the Rawlins charge. But what about Ellen? He still killed Ellen. Captain Stone, there's a missing purse. Ellen Blake's purse. I want it. You can start looking in Rawlins' apartment. I'm going through with this, Blake, regardless of the consequences. Take a look at him, Captain. A man who'd sacrifice his own son, his own life, for a couple of measly little letters. <laughs> what a set. <laughs> District Attorney Banning, a determined man, goes through with his promise. The case against his son is in preparation. The day of the opening of the trial is set. 
Then the missing purse is found. And in it is a note to Clyde, written and signed by Ellen Blake. Go on, read it, Clyde. Dearest Clyde, I've tried every way to reach you. I know now that you've been avoiding me. I can't go on. I know your faults, but I love you. Can't help it. So I'm going to kill myself. I don't know how, but some way will present itself. Goodbye, Clyde. I hope you find the happiness I've been denied. I love you, Ellen. Well, there you are. Ellen Blake did jump from Clyde's car. And Clyde, even though he did seem a weakling, was able to fight when it came to a showdown. And Marsha, because of her great love for Banning, was willing to sacrifice everything for him. So Clyde is cleared, Marsha is acquitted, and Blake is sent to prison. And that is the end of a story which might have ended very tragically had it not been for the note in Ellen's purse. Very convenient, that note. <laughs> CBS has presented The Whistler. Original music for this production was composed and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Whistler is written and directed by J. Donald Wilson and originates from Columbia Square in Hollywood. Next week, 9.30... I, The Whistler, will return to tell you another unusual tale. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Maybe it's much too Just the same What are you doing New Year's New Year's Eve Wonder whose arms Will hold you Good and tight When it's exactly Twelve o'clock That night Welcoming in the new year New Year's Eve Maybe I'm crazy to suppose I'd ever be the one you chose Out of a thousand You'll receive Ah, but in case I stand one little chance 
Here comes the jackpot question in advance. What are you doing, New Year's? New I stand one little chance. Here comes the jackpot question in advance. What are you doing, New Year's? New Year's Eve. Frank, don't mention it, Marvin. And I also want to thank all you out there for watching. Please remember the moral of tonight's show. Put your troubles away till tomorrow. If you're lucky, someone will break into your house tonight and steal them. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show, My Friend Irma, and the CBS mystery show, the Whistler. I hope you guys enjoyed my New Year's Eve performance. You can now follow me on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, 
Google, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcast. I am now available on your mobile Alexa and Google devices. Just ask Google or Alexa. You would like to see the mystery or listen to the mystery and comedy old time radio podcast. And it should pull my podcast right up. Join me later on tonight, guys, for my New Year's Day episode and Miss Nancy Kelly as she comes to the show. Hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast. I want to thank everybody who has listened and subscribed to my podcast. I really do appreciate it, guys. And have a great day. Thanks.